This is Cody Ray Miller, and you're listening to the Dude Fuel Podcast. Well, hey there, and welcome to the Dude Fuel Podcast. Today, I want to discuss breaking the loop, a powerful concept that can help you uh, think in new ways and break out of old habits and, and old cycles. And really, this is something that we're doing every single day. We're living in a kind of loop. We are living with a story that we have created about ourselves and who we are, and we're constantly playing that back to ourselves in our own minds. And so in this way, we're creating a loop. And one of the things that neuroscience has taught us about the brain is that the more often a neural network, uh, the more frequently a neural network is used, um, the stronger that neural network or connection becomes. And so it sort of becomes, a lot of people compare it to a rut. And so in your mind, you sort of create this rut if you're always making a connection between one thing and another. And in this case, we're talking about your ego, that is yourself. Um, and so if you're constantly making a connection between yourself and something negative, then uh, the more that you play back that loop uh, or the more that you engage that neural network, the stronger its hold becomes on you. And so you are creating this sort of rut in your mind as you play back this loop of saying, I am not a math person, right? This, I use that example because I have a lot of students, um, <clears throat> you know, as a, as a high school teacher, I encounter a lot of students who say, well, I'm just not a math person. And every time they play that loop back, uh, they reinforce it so that the more they think I'm not a math person, the more they believe it. And the more they believe it, the more their actions are persuaded in accordance with that belief so that they actually become less of a quote unquote math person. Okay. Now, I will say, I think some people are predisposed to perhaps being a little more talented at, you know, performing mathematical operations, especially complex ones, in their in their mind, right, or in their head, um, or even working them out on paper. But I think the truth is that we all have more capabilities than we, we believe. Um, and so I think a lot of people who have this idea of I'm not a math person, um, they've just played that over in their mind so many times. They've created this deep groove. And that loop can be broken. And if you want to have a breakthrough in your life, then I think some of these loops need to be broken. So today's podcast is all about how to break those loops. Okay, how do we break those loops? And there are a couple of things I'm going to recommend to you. The first thing in, in breaking this kind of loop um, that can really help you is to acknowledge that it is nothing more than a fabricated loop. It is nothing more than a uh, your own personal subjective interpretation of the facts. Okay, so he, let me tell you what I mean by that. If you look at something, and I'll continue to use this, I'm not a math person example, plug in whatever, you know, negative story you're telling yourself um, in here. But if you can, you know, if, if you um, uh, continue to play that back, you have this really strong loop of I'm not a math person. Okay. So <clears throat> in order to weaken that, you first need to understand its creation, its genesis, where it came from. Understand um, 
you know, its origin, so to speak. And so what probably happened is you, you probably had an experience at one time or another where you were attempting a mathematical calculation and you failed. Or you had a time when you were in a math class and you were doing an assignment and you just didn't get it. Or you had a time that you turned in a math assignment and you got a really bad grade. Maybe you had that experience over and over and over again. Maybe you failed a math class in high school. I'll tell you, um, I was homeschooled uh, for my high school uh, years and um, it wasn't my choice, but my, my, my sister was, my older sister was given the choice that uh, we had been in a private school and my parents said, well, you can either uh, go to the p- local public high school uh, or you can be homeschooled. But they were definitely taking us out of that private school. They didn't like the way things were going there. And they said, whatever, you know, whatever you decide to my sister, uh, your little brother is going to do as well. And so my sister said, well, I choose to be homeschooled. Uh, And so uh, I didn't have any say in the matter, but uh, I ended up being homeschooled from uh, seventh grade all the way to to graduation. And um, so during that time, I failed Algebra 1. And let me tell you, if you've ever failed a school subject, it hurts. Um, It hurts a lot worse when your teacher is your mom. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and when your mom fails you, uh, and she did, so, uh, uh, or I suppose, she always said that my dad was was supposed to be our math teacher. <clears throat> that didn't really um, uh, pan out very much in practice. And so I always view it as, you know, my mom. But either way, my parents uh, together collectively somehow uh, decided that I hadn't passed and I didn't make the grade and they failed me. And I had to take algebra one again that next year. So with that experience, I had begun to believe that I just wasn't talented at mathematics. It just wasn't for me. It, w- it wasn't something that, that, that I could really engage with and do well with. And um, this was a belief that I carried until my time in college. And um, in college, I began to dismantle a little bit some of those beliefs. And how I started with this, the first thing I'm recommending to you is I started to realize, hey, just because I didn't do so well in math a couple of years ago, why should that mean that I can't do better in math now? Am I not in in, in some kind of control of my own destiny? Boy, we could talk about the philosophy of that and whether that's true or not. But But at least at that time in my life in college, I was thinking, you know, I am in charge and in control of my life and my destiny. If I want to be good at math, by gosh, I'm going to be good at math, right? And so I poured myself into trying to do better. And what I found was that I was actually more capable um, than I believed I had been. What I had been doing is I had been interpreting certain facts in a negative way. So I interpreted the fact that I had failed Algebra 1 to mean that I was not good at math because only someone who's bad at math would end up failing Algebra 1. If you're good at math, you wouldn't fail Algebra 1, right? But I did. So I drew this conclusion and this connection between the fact, what had happened, I failed Algebra 1, and and its meaning, right? There was a connection now between what had happened and how um, it affected me, how I felt about it, and what I believed about it. If you'll dig in to your negative loops, let's call them. And if you'll begin to see when they started, how they started, 
and what facts you are interpreting to mean X, Y, or Z, then you can begin to see the loop for what it is. And this is really, I think, the first step to breaking the loop. You have to see that you're drawing a, an emotional connection um, from those raw facts, okay? And, and, and by raw facts, I'm talking about it's not emotional, it doesn't have anything to do with your subjective experience, but the actual thing that happened, okay? So the raw facts. Um, you know, you were let go from your job. Uh, you know, you, you failed algebra one. Uh, your spouse left you, divorced you, right? Um, those are the raw facts. Now, how we choose to interpret those could be um, you know, I don't have a good work ethic. Uh, it could be, you know, I'm not good at math. I'm not a worthy person. I'm not worthy and deserving of love. That's why my spouse left me. So those are those interpretations. And so once we realize what's going on, we've sort of pulled the curtain back and we can see it um, for what it is. And then we can stop interpreting those facts or we can reinterpret those facts. So this is the next step. Um, in attempting to break some of these negative loops that you've created in your mind is to uh, begin to view those facts in a different way. And you may say at this point, well, there's no other way that I can reasonably justify the facts. And that's okay. I mean, if, you, if you're at that point, that's okay. I would encourage you to at least be creative and imaginative in trying to think of, of an alternative interpretation. But many of us are so stuck in our ruts that we can't see another interpretation, okay? And so, um, and this cuts both ways. You know, you have some people who they're constantly blaming others and you have some people who are always blaming themselves. When I failed Algebra 1, I blamed myself. I said, I'm not good enough. One of the other connections I could have drawn um, between the fact, you know, and interpreting it was, well, that curriculum was no good. You know, do you know people who do this? Some people do this all the time. It can be a very negative and harmful thing. No matter what outcome they have in their life, it's somebody else's fault. Oh, well, the math curriculum wasn't any good. That's why I failed. It's not that I'm not good. I'm awesome at math. But the curriculum was no good. Okay. A more balanced interpretation might be, hey, maybe I didn't, you know, give it my best shot. <laughs> maybe I didn't do my best and, and maybe I can do better in the future, but maybe that curriculum wasn't the best either. So maybe it's a, a combination of the two. Do you understand? This is what I'm saying. You can interpret those facts in many different ways, right? Okay. So after you've identified these connections that you're making to the facts, how we're, we're applying meaning to things, and we're looking at our emotions and we're, and we're drawing conclusions um, from the raw facts, once we realize we're doing that, we can attempt um, to reinterpret those facts. And this in and of itself, for me, has proven it, it can break some weak loops. I mean, just realizing what's going on here is like, oh, I wow, I drew a definite conclusion from a fact that has no definite interpretation or meaning. Sometimes just realizing this will, will break the loop, okay? But other times, if you have a real strong loop in your life, then you're, you're gonna need to pull out some, some bigger guns, so to speak. You're gonna need a, a stronger tool, right? So the second thing that I recommend to you in breaking loops is meditation. I'm a huge proponent of meditation because it brought me out of a crisis of anxiety and panic attacks. Um, it, it guided both guided meditation and also um, just simple breathing 
meditations or breathing exercises even saved me from agoraphobia and you know again having panic attack like meltdowns um not being able to sleep and anyway i've talked um in previous podcasts about my my struggles with anxiety in the past but you know meditation has has been so powerful and it has been shown um neuroscience is learning more and more about meditation but it, it has been shown through some uh some early studies that meditation can rewire your brain. And what we're talking about rewiring your brain is talking about breaking these these existing loops and forging new neural connections, new loops. And meditation has been shown to do that, or at least it has the possibility of doing that um, uh, for you, okay? Not every, you know, your results may vary, fine print here. Um, but it has that possibility. It's certainly something that, that others have experienced and I think you could potentially experience as well. Meditation is not something that is religious. It's not anything that has to conflict with any religious or spiritual beliefs that you currently hold, nor do you need to be religious or spiritual or anything else in order to practice meditation. So um, meditation can be as simple as sitting down and noticing your breath. And this is surprisingly hard. This is like surprisingly difficult to just sit down and observe your breath. Don't control your breath, okay? Don't um, try and change your breathing, but just sit down and try to observe it. When you do this, what you'll find is um, what meditators often call puppy mind. And puppy mind is, you'll basically see that your mind is going to wander. And in most cases, your mind begins to wander away from noticing your breath almost immediately. You'll start thinking about the load of laundry that you need to do. You'll start thinking about that board meeting that you have in the coming days. You'll begin thinking about what you want to eat, you know, for breakfast in the morning a million different things. You'll start here, you know, you start playing a song in your head, right? All of a sudden you've got the Beatles White Album uh, just blasting through your mind and you didn't even, you, you didn't, you didn't intend for that to happen. But just by sitting down and observing your thoughts and trying to stick them to your breath, you'll find this sort of um, puppy mind will begin to, to, to chase and run all over the place. And when you notice that, and when you observe that, um, bring your attention gently back to your breath. And um, as simple as this technique is, it has been one of the most powerful meditation techniques for me. And again, I've done guided meditation and uh, currently practicing doing some Kriyas and things. Um, But this has been, I mean, this is the staple. This is the bread and butter of meditation, um, I think. And so um, the way to view this is that you are... um, as best you can, you're trying to let your thoughts pass before you like clouds passing in the sky, and you're just staring at them. You're observing them, you're linked to your breath, you're tied to your breath, um, and you're observing those thoughts as they try and take you away from your breath. And anytime you get carried away, you just come right back to the breath. This type of meditation, again, has been shown to do powerful things in the brain. In fact, some researchers are arguing that meditation could be as powerful as some pharmaceuticals. 
or could be perhaps even more powerful, um, just as powerful or more powerful than certain pharmaceutical drugs. And that's saying something, I think. And as someone who doesn't like putting, you know, I'm very careful and intentional about the things I put in my body. Um, you know, being able to do something like meditation and not putting a foreign substance in my body to get that kind of result is a big win for me. So depending on what, you know, what your views are there, this can be a, a, a really, really powerful technique. And the third way and the final way that we'll talk about today that you can break some of these loops is to begin to journal about them and begin to um, there, there are two powerful techniques here in journaling that I, that I would recommend to you. The first is um, to simply go in. It's very similar to free association writing. You know, in free association writing, you just start writing, and it and it doesn't matter what comes out. You just keep writing, and it ends up sounding, you know, like a lot of nonsense for the most part. Um, but there's a sort of release there, and a lot of times valuable insight is gained as well. So the first technique in journaling is to begin to write about your current relationship to this loop. So if you feel that, you know, you are just not a math person, begin writing about that and don't quit writing about it for a set amount of time. It doesn't have to be long, could be two minutes, three minutes, five minutes, probably don't want to try much longer than that. But you know, two, three, four, five minutes, sit down and you say, I'm just going to write and this is going to be my focus is is, you know, this relationship that I have to mathematics. Just begin to write. In doing this, you'll begin to see what flows out, what comes out. And I don't know why this is. There's probably somebody out there much, much smarter than me who has studied this. But I don't know why with journaling, something really incredible happens where we begin to have thoughts and a pattern of thought and we begin to draw conclusions that for some reason when we're just sitting there thinking about it just doesn't seem to be the same i encourage my students in my high school classroom to do a lot of writing because research shows that writing is powerful um, writing can be linked to your memory as well. It can improve uh, retention uh, and recall. Um, and it also has this amazing way of sort of opening your mind up to some concepts and ideas and connections that it was previously close to. And the second exercise with journaling, uh, I realize this is a longer podcast than I normally do, but I'm excited about this topic and I, I hope you're enjoying it uh, as well. The second technique that you can begin to do in journaling is much more creative and imaginative, and some people will find it very, very difficult. But begin to imagine that you have the new connection that you want. So if the old connection is, I'm not a math person, I'm just bad at math, the new connection could be, I'm great at math. I'm very capable uh, in, in, in terms of working um, you know, math you know, calculations. I'm good at math, right? I'm, I'm capable of performing uh, these calculations. Begin to journal, and this is where I say it's creative, as if that is true for you. If that were true, if you really did believe that at your core, what sort of things would you write? What would you believe? How, what would that sound like? In other words, if there was an alternative uh, or an alternate you in some parallel reality or dimension who really was great at mathematics, and they were sitting down to write about that, that experience or that reality, what sort of things would they say? And so, of course, this is kind of a work of fiction that you're creating. 
But in doing this, your mind can actually begin to realize, hey, hey, now wait a minute, I can have that connection as well, right? And this begins to break that loop so that you realize this is not the only connection that I have to have here. It is at least possible for me to imagine another connection here, another type of connection. And if it's possible for me to imagine it, that means this existing loop is not the only way. And if nothing else, if it doesn't break the loop, um, it weakens the loop and it opens it up to a new way of thinking, new patterns of thinking, which can be very, very powerful. So, hey, I hope you enjoyed this episode today. I was I was really speaking from the heart because this is uh, something I've been digging into lately and something I'm really passionate about because I see that I have a lot of these uh, sort of loops in my life and uh, I want to break some of them. I want to change some of them and I fully believe that we're capable of doing that. And so uh, I, I commend that word to you as well. Believe that you are capable of change. If you've been chain smoking for the last 30 years, believe that you can quit. It's not gonna be easy. It's unlikely to happen to, you know, tomorrow, immediately, right away. You have to have a plan in place and begin to perform some of these exercises to break those loops. But I believe it's possible for you to change. If you've had poor eating habits, you know, maybe your entire life, and let's say you're 30, 40, 50 years old, um, is it possible for you to change those poor eating habits? Yes, right? You can teach an old dog new tricks, okay? Uh, and that's that, and, and, and you do that by breaking those old loops and then installing new ones. It's totally possible. It's called neuroplasticity. It's the idea that our minds are uh, capable of being reshaped. So our minds are not fixed. They're not set. It, this is not just the way I am. Anytime you hear somebody say, oh, you know, this is just the way I am. No, that's not just the way you are. That is the way that you are here in the present. It's not just the way you are and have to be. Um, you know, again, neuroscience has shown amazing neuroplasticity. So the, the brain is plastic. It's capable of change. It's capable of being molded and, and reshaped. And, and sometimes that means breaking those old connections. Sometimes it means uh, creating new ones. Uh, and we're capable of doing both. As always, this podcast is dedicated to you and to your success. Thank you so much for listening today, my friend. If you haven't yet subscribed to the Dude Fuel podcast, I hope you'll consider doing that today, as well as sharing an episode that you uh, like, love, an episode that has impacted your life, given you something powerful. Consider sharing that with a friend or a loved one, somebody that you feel could benefit from the message. Uh, sharing truly is caring. Thanks again for listening. I'm Cody Ray Miller, and I look forward to sharing another word with you from the heart tomorrow.